Welcome back to Do We Like Movies. Uh, I'm your host, Angel. And I'm CK. Co-host, King. <laughs> Hobby. And uh, this week, we are talking about Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. Yay! <laughs> and the crowd goes mild. <laughs> so, you know, we did talk for the longest time since we started this show. Uh, saying that we wanted to do one of the Fast and Furious movies for the and, podcast. And we picked the worst one. What? Yeah. Okay, don't try to act like that. We've been beefing on social on the socials over this for the past couple days. Yeah, but I still it still bothers me that you like disagree so wholeheartedly that this is like the second best movie in this fucking franchise. Nah, dude. It is easily the second best nope, movie the in this first franchise. One, the first best movie, which is funny that we agree on this, the first best movie in this franchise is Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> and the, ne- the next best one is the one where they go to Brazil. Fast Five. Is that it? Yeah. Is that the one where they... I just remember when they fucking start pulling the bank or the vault out of the bank and start yeah, driving that's through Rio. That's yeah, that's, that one's rad, right? <laughs> So, Fast and Furious is a franchise that launched in the year 2001. Yeah, in case no one's ever heard of it, it's kind of a <laughs> shitty franchise. Like, no one never talks about it. It doesn't make money or shit. <laughs> well, I know that right now it's making a shit ton of money, but I think a lot of that is based off of, like, how Fast Five turned out, right? Yeah, pretty um, much. When the series launched with Fast and the Furious, like, the original one, I think you'd be surprised to see just kind of, like... Okay, I'm going to say something that maybe people who are real fans of this franchise are not going to like. I don't like the first movie in this <gasps> franchise. I actually think it's kind of boring. <gasps> <laughs> this man is all gasped out. <laughs> and um, the first movie that I actually saw in this series was Too Fast, Too Furious. <laughs> <laughs> well, you see, you started at the high watermark of the series. <laughs> So, you know, it's, again, this is going to be a, a an episode where we're both probably going against what everyone thinks in terms of this franchise. Um, I was never really into cars uh, growing up. Like, I, I thought it was cool. I thought they were cool and all, but I, I didn't get into that kind of car culture. It just It's just not my thing. Um, so, I think that's why, like, I don't know, all my friends who were, like, into this and got some sort of ultra macho like boner from watching it i i don't relate to it mm-hmm. um but you know i eventually did come around to see some of the uh movies in this franchise and i think the fifth one when it when fast five came out i watched it on the strength of the fact that you know i'm a wrestling fan and it was like 2011 and the rock had just come back to wwe mm-hmm. and that was like his first big movie that he was like promoting coming back so i was like yeah of course i'm gonna go check it out and uh, it's probably the best one in this whole franchise. And then that movie made a shit zillion dollars. Yeah. And then literally every movie after this <laughs> has made a shit zillion dollars. Yeah. And, and these movies a, just print money now. It's a tentpole franchise now. Yeah. Like, it's fucking crazy how this movie went, or this movie series was about racing cars. And now it's about, like, these weird fucking fast car police that go around the world stopping fast car crimes well now it's like becoming a marvel universe because they're splitting off into their own like uh spin-off movies yeah like calvin and hobbs 
Do you mean Shaw and Hobbes? No, nah, I know what I said. <laughs> I would rather, I told you this before, I would rather a Calvin and Hobbes adaptation with The Rock is Hobbes. <laughs> Fucking do it, Hollywood. Fucking make money. Um, my experience with this movie specifically was, you know, again, I saw the second movie in the franchise. I thought it was cool. I wasn't hungry for another a uh, movie in this franchise. No, because that one should have ended the franchise. Where do you go after Too Fast, Too Furious? It was so good. <laughs> but, you know, it's funny it's funny you say that, but I feel like I feel like this franchise didn't really know where to go after that second one, right? No, like, not at all. And it it seemed like to me, it seemed like they were setting up like it, it's a, it's a franchise that goes into a way different direction than I ever anticipated. Cuz the way Too Fast, Too Furious ends, is you think that it's just going to be a series of movies of just Paul Walker and Tyrese. Yeah, just Paul Walker getting into all kinds of crazy zany adventures with yeah. his car, you know? Because like, he was the one that was in the first two movies, so you assume that he was the star of the movie, you know? Mm-hmm. By the way, rest in peace, Paul Walker. R.I.P. Um, but, you know, it, I, I just assumed that that's where they were just going to keep going. But no, that wasn't where they went. They actually end up going in a completely different direction with this movie. And I think... The fact that it was that it was given the name that it got, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift, it feels like a like a TV movie spinoff of what the original movie would have been. I or guess a right direct to DVD release. Yeah, <laughs> like oh, you know, like the fucking how there's American Pie and American Pie Two, and then like a shit zillion other. I'm gonna say a shit zillion a lot right now. That's like my word today. <laughs> but you know, there's a bunch of spinoffs like Beta House and Band Camp and some third one I don't remember. It's the same thing. That's what I was kind of expecting. But apparently, this one was the one that went to theaters. <laughs> yeah, it went to theaters, and this was in 2006. At this point, I was almost out of high school, so I- I'm not gonna say I had a ton of interest in it. And it just got a bad reputation when it came. Like, for some reason, like, it just, it didn't leave a good taste in people's mouths. The fact that they had decided to continue the franchise with all different characters, right? Yeah, like, and I think that was, I I don't know, like, I was telling you as we were watching this movie, I don't, if this movie was just called Tokyo Drift, or if it was called something else, I think I wouldn't hate this movie as much. But... Okay, that, I'm lying. I would hate this movie no matter what. <laughs> but the fact that it is a Fast and the Furious movie, you're like, but where's Vin Diesel? And where's Were Paul you really Walker? thinking that? Huh? Were you really thinking no, that? No, I, I don't give a fuck about these movies. Yeah, that's what I'm Aside from Too Fast, Too Furious, I don't give a fuck about any of these movies. <laughs> I, I'm, I, I'm sorry. I'm just, again, it's like, I'm going against what popular opinion is. I don't care enough about Vin Diesel to have really wanted him in back in this franchise. Dude, but Riddick. <laughs> Iron Giant. I mean, I love Triple X. Fuck yeah. That movie was great. <laughs> that movie was so rad. I didn't extreme. like when he came back to do Triple X a few years ago. I never saw Return of Xander Cage. Don't ever watch it. I'm probably not going to. No. Unless some, you know what, some asshole's going to be like, hey, you guys should watch Triple X now. <laughs> Thanks, unnamed person. You know what's really funny about Triple X? Is that I love the first one, but the one I own on video is the second one with Ice Cube. Man. <laughs> Fuck, that one was great. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> but, um, you know what? Like, with these movies in particular, I'm kind of in the same boat as you. I was never in the car culture. And even to this day, I'm like, you know, same thing. Like, I, I, like, I just don't get it. There, there are some people that get it, some people don't. And I'm just one of those that don't. 
And I'm not dogging the movies either. Like, it, it, like you know, car racing and shit. It's still cool to watch. And it's definitely, like, as a spectator, it's fun to, fun to you know, be able to watch and enjoy it as entertainment. I would argue that despite the fact that a lot of guys like car culture, it still feels like a niche interest in some yeah. ways. In some ways, yeah. Because, and the reason why I say that is that this movie, this franchise didn't really go mainstream until they started doing heist movies. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. <laughs> like, you can say what you want about the first movies. I'm sure they were all moderately successful. But I think it was Fast Five that really launched it into a different, like, stratosphere of popularity. Yeah, because they stopped being... Like, as cool as street racing is, like you said, it is very niche. Like, even here, like, car culture is big in our area here in, like, you know, the Bay Area. But it's more like... It's more like sideshows, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's not like... Like, yeah, I'm also not going to say racing isn't big in the Bay Area, because I'm sure it is. And I'm oh, sure it there is. are Absolutely, people that yeah. are super into racing. But yeah. the Bay isn't synonymous with with racing, with street racing. It's synonymous... You more think about it with sideshows, you know? Sideshows, and then there's a big motorcycle culture as well. Yeah, so it's not like street racing was ever really big in our area, you know? I just I'll, I'll, what I what I will say is it just wasn't around me enough mm-hmm. for me to have gotten that you weren't into it. you weren't doing uh you weren't uh what's his name Brian fuck what was his last name you weren't Paul Walker <laughs> no I didn't drive a car until I was out of high school so I I think that I, doesn't help either yeah. like the fact like the first movie came out and I was like eight like yeah. eight or nine by the time Too Fast Too Furious came out I think I was like fourteen. And and we were talking about this earlier, how one of the big reasons why I look back on that movie with so much nostalgia was is fucking uh, is it's essentially a Miami or I'm sorry GTA Vice City like yeah. mission, you know? It, it it's a lot more cartoonish. Yeah, and I think that's what attracted me so much to the, that movie. But by the time I got to Tokyo Drift, I was like. I was in, I was like junior year in high school. I don't think I was the audience for this movie. No, for I know I wasn't because like I was telling you, when I was in high school, I went through this really weird like IFC fucking movie douche <laughs> fucking like, oh, if it's, if it's not an indie movie, I'm not watching it. And I was very pretentious. But you know what's weird? I was pretentious, but I would still watch stupid ass movies like Ghost Rider. <laughs> um, so, for me, I guess it's funny that I talk about like the fact that this movie wasn't really made for me, or that I wouldn't have really been interested in it because I obviously discovered it later. You want to know where I watched it for the first time? Where? Um, my parent, like I went with my fam. Obviously, like I was still in high school. I went with my family. My family's from El Salvador. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I went with them for like, you know, we went on vacation for three weeks and we were out there. I watched Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift for the first time, like, on television in El Salvador. Really? <laughs> That's where you saw this movie? Yeah. Did you watch it with, like, really shitty, like, It was over? subtitled. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. so it was in English and it was subtitled. Okay, so. Um, and, then I ne- and then I didn't watch it again for, like, several years. And when I watched it again, I was super into it, and it's probably one of the better movies in this series for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the main character is uh, played by Lucas Black, mm-hmm. and I don't I don't know if you're old enough to remember this. I mean, we're only a few years apart, 
but I don't know if you if if you watched a lot of the original movies on Disney Channel. You know what? I'm about to blow your mind. I watched almost zero of those movies <gasps> because my family had Dish, and we the package we had was did not include. Um, did not include Disney Channel. Damn. I don't think I got Disney Channel until I was like, maybe in high school, like maybe senior year. And I was like, well, let me check what this is about. And you know, at that point, I've just kind of overshot the gap <laughs> of like, like Disney Channel is no longer aimed at 17 year old hobby. Yeah. I came up in, in probably the golden age of DCOMs. What, like Brink and. Yeah. And fucking. All of them. What was the other one? Bring, Zoe and Alley the... Cats. Yeah. Xenon. Xenon. That's what yeah. I was thinking of. Um, Smart House. And... I actually remember Smart House. Though. Well, the funny thing is that Disney had like two different sets of original movies. One of them were Disney Channel original movies proper. Yeah. And then there was this other one that was a series of TV movies on something called Wonderful World of Disney that aired on ABC. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember and that's that. That's where movies like um, your edgy movies would go. Yeah, like Seventeen again. My date with the president's daughter. Um, oh, oh, that's getting sucky. <laughs> <laughs> and like uh, Wish Upon a Star. Like there was these other set of movies that were on there. It's like and, more teen movies, right? And one of them was a movie called Flash. Oh. And the movie. Oh. Is... is this the one where the kid rides a horse to find his dad? Yes. Like, Yes, yes, and it stars, and I and, and I recently watched it. I actually watched it just a, a month ago again. Why? Because I knew we were gonna do this movie. <laughs> so in preparation, because I remember Lucas Black from this movie first, and he was like you know a kid when he made it. Yeah. Um, I needed to watch it before we watched this movie. Why? There's, they're not connected other than Lucas Black. You don't have nostalgia that I have, so you wouldn't understand this. I mean, Bow Wow was in this movie. You didn't hear me fucking listening to any of his music in preparation of this. Well, he never makes any. I don't think he's ever really been in anything prominent after this. No, probably not. Which Or before know, this. Which he was low-key trash in this, so <gasps> I'm not gonna... <laughs> How dare you? How dare you, sir? But anyway... You know, again, I Lucas Black, I remember him from this movie called Flash, where he rides a horse to go see his dad and, you know, goes, like, cross-country, basically, like, across several states. And I had not even realized, I hadn't even made the connection that this was the same kid from that movie until after I had seen Tokyo Drift for the first time. But... Now that I know that, I have a personal connection with this guy. <laughs> Suddenly, I like this guy. <laughs> but you know what? I think part of that is that you're, as a kid, your brain isn't por- programmed that way. Yeah. Like, that's such an adult way of thinking, of being like, oh, yeah, I remember this actor, you know? Well, obviously, like, when I was a kid, like, I didn't care that these team, you know, TV movies are not Oscar movies, right? But when you're you a kid a and you're growing up, like, that is, you don't care, right? Like, it's obviously, like, you know, you're just more into it. Yeah. You know, there's no way around it. it you can suspend the disbelief um, to a degree that you can't do as an adult anymore. Yeah, I can. Well, you can. <laughs> I can suspend all my disbelief. <laughs> but anyway, so this movie, uh, you know, it starts him. And uh, what's his character's name? It is, I told you, Steve Freedom Flag. 
That is not his name. Yes, it is. It's fucking Johnny Baseball American Kid. <laughs> his name is Sean Boswell. Yeah, same shit. <laughs> no, and dude. He just needed to be fucking Hulk Hogan with how fucking American he was in this movie. Well, we talked about it when we watched it, right? Where you were just like, God, this is like the worst sounding like country accent or whatever. And it, <laughs> But if you watch Flash, like that is how he talks. Turns that out that's his real accent. I don't know. Like I've only seen those. Like those are my only two frames of reference for Lucas Black. <laughs> So, so I just assume that that's how he talks. Like, what if he just couldn't make any other voice? Wouldn't other... it be awesome if he has like a British accent and I just didn't know? And then it. we all look like fucking morons. <laughs> like, I'm telling you, it's either one of two things. He's one of the greatest. Like, the only other voice or he's Australian. The only other voice he can do is either a Southern drawl or fucking like, you know, or he's like Chip Chip Chidio or some shit, you know. <laughs> uh, so yeah, the movies the movie is centered around him. And, um, he is, uh... I think he starts out in Arizona, right? That's where it is? Okay. Yeah, so he starts out in Arizona. He's, and you know, he's a high school kid. He's driving around his Monte Carlo, his 1970 Monte Carlo. And a, then... A oh. really neat thing about this is I didn't realize, like, you know, when I was first watching it. Like, it just, again, it is Fast and Furious, right? Like, Fast and Furious was about adults, like either running drugs or like racing cars mm. or like just all this other weird stuff. This is a teen movie. Oh, now I see why you love this, this movie. This is a 2000s teen movie. You're like you're like so if if they're Mar if Fast and the Furious is Marvel, I'm the one that watched you know Peter Parker and fucking was like I love that guy and you're the one that watched Miles Morales and was like I love that guy. Well, if I you, think that's what it is well, here. The other thing is you haven't watched Spider-Man Homecoming yet. Yeah. And Spider-Man Homecoming is very much a teen movie. Oh, fuck. So you I want to remember that, dude. I was such a cringy teenager. Why do I want to go back to that? <laughs> so and you need to watch it at some point. Oh. I will. I mean, I really do need to watch it. <laughs> but, you know, again, it's like, it's instead of being, like, angsty adults, it's angsty teenagers, which I can buy more. I can buy an angsty Lucas Black, who's, even though he looks almost 30, he's supposed to be a high school student. I can buy that over having to watch, you know, Paul Walker try to be dramatic. I'm an angsty adult. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you don't tell me how to live my life, Dad. Um... It's weird because it's like it almost felt like, and I think I talked about it with you, is I felt like this movie was just like, well, we're not going to get Tyrese and Paul Walker back, so let's just cast two actors who we feel do the same thing. And we're going to write them just like Tyrese and Paul Walker. This, again, this feels like the TV movie version of Too Fast, Too Furious to me. Yeah. <laughs> so Lucas Black is basically in the Paul Walker role. And then now you have Shad Moss, who is also known as Lil Bow Wow, or Bow Wow at Never this time. Never would have guessed. <laughs> and he was basically the stand-in for Tyrese. Oh, God, dude. <laughs> so so it's it starts with a race, right? Like, yeah, you know, it's, it's... Hold on. You have some goddamn respect for Tim the Toolman Taylor's oldest baby yeah. boy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I forgot what his name is in the show. Is it Brad? Sure, why not? But here he plays Clay. Oh. Is he just like on a mission to play the whitest people possible? 
<laughs> so Sean Boswell and uh, you know Brad Taylor have this race because reasons. Yeah, I mean, like, I guess he, it's a recurring theme in this movie is that he's gonna be like trying to go after girls who belong to other guys. Which is like the greatest macho fantasy that you could ever think of. Yeah. There's this amazingly attractive woman, and your job is to race until she leaves her man for you. Oh man, if I beat this asshole at racing, <laughs> all the women are gonna love me. <laughs> oh my god, I am so fucking awesome. There's Everyone no... love me now. <laughs> I love when women are trophies. It's like great. <laughs> I mean, honestly, if I had known that beating up dudes means I get their girls all the time, I would have gotten in way more fights in high school. <laughs> Uh, so what ends up happening is they have this weird race that makes zero sense where they're racing inside of a, uh, of a, like a housing complex or like a, it's yeah, like a it construction like a, it's, area. It's a housing right? development. Yeah. yeah. So it's like a housing development. And for some reason, instead of doing a regular drag race, like quarter mile, which I think everyone would agree, like makes the most sense. Um, they, they race where they have to go around each block. And it's a Dodge, and I think Brad's racing in a Dodge Viper, um, mostly because that's what Wikipedia tells me. <laughs> but <laughs> these guys are racing, and, you know, it's just, like, right off the bat. Like, I'm like, all right, I've really got to suspend disbelief because these guys are crashing into everything. Yeah, I mean, this is a part of it where you're like, okay, well, again, like I said, TV movie. When I'm watching a TV teen movie, I can suspend disbelief. Really? <laughs> well, in this case, I can, yeah. So, what ends up happening is they, they start racing. Uh, Lucas, oh, fuck, I'm going to keep calling him by his actor name. Sean. <laughs> Sean, in order to, you know, he gets bumped off the road, by, or he gets driven off the road by Brad, and he cuts through houses. <laughs> you know, these, like, sh like skeletons of houses. Literally, Batman, Tumblr, Batmobile yeah. style goes through houses. <laughs> and Bray, like, destroys a house, causing possibly, like, hundreds of thousands of dollars in property damage. And they end up crashing and, like, rolling their car over. And then they have that, that you know, that kind of goofy scene. This made me chuckle when they're in the ER. Because, like, you know, earlier, uh, Sean, like, smiled at, at the girl to try to get her attention. Yeah. And then this time, you know, they're sitting there all bloodied and fucked up from the crash. And he tries to smile again. Again. And he's just, like, blood just gushing out of his mouth. Again. That is a very, again, it feels way different than anything I've ever seen in Fast and Furious before. It feels like it, it was, it, it's a teen movie moment. Is yeah, what it is. Exactly. And, of course, you know, Sean's white privilege keeps him out of juvenile <laughs> hall after he has caused all this property damage to happen. Okay, cool, you're just young king. I'm just saying, look, okay, again, why you have to suspend disbelief in this movie is because he should have fucking gone to jail. Well, it was either that, it was either ship him off to his dad in Japan, or he goes to jail. So jail was a very real possibility. Yeah, I so, guess. But he still got the I option. Guess. He still got the option of what to do. I had plenty of. Why friends. am I defending him? I fucking hate this movie. <laughs> I had plenty of people that I knew who would who if they did at least one tenth of the kind of damage that they did here. They would have been spending time in juvie. Man, I got my ass beat for breaking my mom's favorite plate in high school. 
<laughs> so, anyway, right away, despite the fact that you're introduced to all these characters at his high school that you think are going to be important characters throughout the entire movie, it pretty much ends there, and you never see this girl ever again. Oh, no. You never see Brad again. Yeah. You never see random trophy girl number one. You never see various douche jocks that were antagonizing Sean in the beginning anyway. Well, you will, except it's going to be now various they're... douche Japanese jocks. <gasps> oh, my God. So, immediately, I think it's kind of awesome that right away you are now in a fish-out-of-water story watching a teenager, like, learn how to live in Japan. Oh, now I remember why he gets out of uh, going to jail. Because he, remember, like, they do mention how he has, like, a thing of street racing. Like, you know, he is a street racer. His dad is a Navy officer. White privilege. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. It's not going to turn me totally against this guy. It won't. You sound like you already hate this kid. <laughs> well, to be honest, he's not my favorite character in this movie. Everyone, the- we will get to it. We will go to both of our favorite characters <laughs> in this movie. So we go over to Japan, and uh, now he's going to Japanese school. He is living in Japanese housing. Like he is, right? Like it's just—it's <laughs> no, it's just funny the way you said it. He's going to Japanese school to do Japanese things. <laughs> but yeah, right away he's learning. Like you know, it, it is. It is interesting to see, like, you know, the cultural differences. Yeah, just, like, absolutely. How, like, just aesthetically how different a place like uh, Oroville, no, Oro Valley, Arizona is to Tokyo. Yeah. Be, you know, right, uh, and of course, everyone knows this by now, is that Japan being on such limited landmass builds up. And, you know, America having our, you know, big dick energy we love to build out. And, you know, like, so you go from these wide open spaces in Arizona to suddenly being like, you know, fucking just everything look feels like uh, Blade Runner where it's just everything is like just neon. Well, a lot of Blade, a lot of Los Angeles in Blade Runner is based on Japan. Yeah. Because, and that's intentional, yeah. right? Because, yeah, it's done intentionally. Because Blade Runner came out in the 80s and at that time there was a huge scare where people thought that Japanese businesses were going to take over the United States. And, and they did. <laughs> and that Thank they were you, infu- anime. And that they were infiltrating our co- our country, right? Like that's why... Nakatomi Plaza is also, like, the, the location that they're in in Die Hard, right? Well, that like, one's extra hard because that made me afraid of Japanese people and Germans. <laughs> and then, of course, like, it, it's kind of almost racist, too, in the point. Because then there was, like, land, there was like Rising Sun from Michael Crichton, which is, like, another, like, very insensitive fear book about, like, how Japan was going to take over our country. <laughs> yeah, the U.S. and Japan, they haven't had the best... Uh relationship to say the least yeah it's i mean it's 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 it seems it seems good but then there's like you know it's again this movie isn't going to get into that kind of no 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 no. ever 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 so i just want to bring up how interesting it is and how how fresh refreshing it is especially if you don't watch too many uh too many japanese movies or you're not really familiar with what japan is like again think of where this franchise started los angeles in the first one we go to Miami for the second one. Mm-hmm. I've seen those locations in plenty of movies already. The fact that this is taking place in Japan, in Tokyo, like the fact that I'm seeing Tokyo in a movie that's not a kaiju movie, <laughs> I, I, that is just, it, I, what am I going to say, right? Yeah. Like, Japanese cinema to me 
is mostly what I've seen is kaiju. I, yeah. I I'm not I'm not that into crime movies, and I've watched some you know kind of samurai movies and stuff like that. But I again. My, my my real reference is kaiju, so yeah. it's nice to see the city when it's not being destroyed by giant monsters. Yeah, or being overrun by Yakuza. Oh, wait! <laughs> <laughs> so, in this movie, right away, Sean, may, you know, Sean is, like Angel was saying, a fish out of water, doesn't really, he, it takes him getting used to the culture... Uh, immediately gets gets made fun of and picked on by some people. Yeah, they're not really making fun of him. They're just like big stupid American, you know, like yeah. just like you don't get Japan. And then, um, so but thankfully at his school, uh, two of the people that go there are the only other like non-Japanese people that appear to show up at his school. Which one of them is Bow Wow? All right, Twinkie, <laughs> my boy Twink. <laughs> And uh, I think it's really interesting that they decided to make him the sidekickiest sidekick in the history of sidekicks. Oh my god, he just needed to wear like a fucking Sean Paul or fucking FUBU tracksuit <laughs> to be the most 2000s like yeah. <laughs> sidekick in a movie uh, he ever. Had the, he had the cornrows and the do-rag. Oh my god. The big baggy shirts. It was uh, awesome. Oh, no, it wasn't. It gives me so much nostalgia for my high school years. Oh, God, I'm so happy that <laughs> Bow Wow went on to not do anything after this. <laughs> so, you know, so it's him. He's the one, he's one of the one of the Americans or, you know, at least non-Japanese people at the, stu at the school. And the other one is Neela, this young girl of australian descent yes australia was she australian yep is that what she said it in the movie yeah she sounded so not australian well she had an accent that i couldn't peg and then she i said, thought she was from new zealand at first yeah but well, then once, when, they when she said australia i was like all right fine i'll accept it yeah mostly because i've never been to australia so i'm not even sure if it exists <laughs> you know so you know uh twink ends up taking uh, Sean to this underground racing like it it, it doesn't even look like a race place like a, a place for racing at first because it's like a parking garage so it just looks like uh it just looks like a regular car meet it just looks like a car meet a bunch of kids showing off their cars being like who's got the bigger dick and it's just you know like it's total high school thing you know they put on music kids start dancing and shit like I'm like, oh yeah, this is pretty par for the course, you know. This this is where we're finally gonna meet our 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 villain, our main antagonist, and we do. We get introduced to DK, good old Donkey Kong. <laughs> well, that that's the joke Sean, you know, pokes at him, right? Because DK's like, oh yeah, my name's DK, and Sean's like, what's that stand for, Donkey Kong? Because <laughs> I'm American. <laughs> I'm red blooded American. <laughs> yeah, I was thankfully he decided not to paint a Confederate flag on his car when he decided to rebuild it at the Fucking end of the movie. The general leave from Dukes of Hazard. <laughs> there go them Duke boys. So you know it's and oh your gloss did you gloss over the best car in the history of this franchise? Oh, yeah, I did. So, before they actually get to the car meet, we get introduced into the best Fast and the Furious car ever. Because, apparently, I don't know if this is true. I don't know if Japan actually does have those, like, parking elevator things. But that was pretty fucking cool. I feel like they probably do. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. I mean, 
But they do this slow reveal showing all these other fucking great sports cars that Bow Wow could be driving. But no, he doesn't drive any of those. It is the most wonderfully tacky car (laughs) you have ever seen in your life. It is all green. It has giant dents that stick out of it in the form of fist prints. (laughs) And then when it finally turns around and faces you... You find out that his car is literally a fucking Incredible Hulk. Hulk smash! <laughs> so, I don't, I don't know what car he's driving, but it looks like the Scion XB type, you know? Sure. Like, it's just a boxy car. Like, it's just like... I mean, already those cars look fucking hideous. Mm. And then you add all this gaudy fucking bullshit on the car, and I'm just like, oh, oh God. <laughs> So they roll up to this car meet, and Sean meets our main antagonist. Um, and he, you know, the reason why, what, you know, what ends up happening, what's the one thing that triggers their whole confrontation, is because Sean is hitting on Neela. Yeah, he sure, he cannot fucking keep his dick away from women that don't belong to him but not you know, that women belong to anybody <laughs> but he can more importantly he just doesn't know how to take no for an answer uh, <laughs> are you sure you really want to root for this kid <laughs> because by 2019 standards there's I'll, I'll we can continue but there is a scene where i where thankfully there's a scene where thankfully it's a little bit redeeming so yeah we, yeah we want to touch on it later but, um, you know, it's in character. You know, he that's how the movie opened. He was doing the same shit. So, you know, he starts... Him and, him and DK start getting into it. And, you know, of course, it's a pissing contest. Who's got the bigger wang, right? Yep. So, of course, how about they settle this with racing? But not just any racing. It's going to be good old drift racing. Which, again, this movie is introducing everyone who's watching it to a style of racing that is not that well known here at all. I wasn't aware that this was a subculture of car racing anywhere. Well, if you're a mainstream, like kind of very casual into the car scene, you're not gonna know what it is. People have been drifting for a long time. Like I don't know if you ever played it or if you ever heard of it, but Initial D, it's literally an anime and video game about the final race in the movie. Mm. And now imagine that in like a fucking 60 episode long arc, you know? Mm-hmm. And, you know, because car culture is is really big in Japan, obviously. Yeah. And then, you know, imports is a really, like, even within car cultures, imports being such an, is such a niche thing that, you know, I'm sure, like, a lot of people that were already aware of this, but it was the first time this style, like you said, was being brought to the mainstream. Absolutely. It's very, super mainstream. Um, you know, to the point where it was like at the universal theme parks, right? Yeah. It was a huge deal. Like this was a, like Western audiences, like this wasn't very common for us mm-hmm. unless you're from the Bra- from the Bray. <laughs> I <laughs> fucked it up. Unless you're from the Bay and love sideshows and shit. Yeah. But it's, it's again, it's, 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 it's nice and interesting to see something different. And uh, right out, right off the bat, immediately, you know, uh, Sean and DK have their first race in the movie. Oh, but that's what introduces our, our your favorite character. <laughs> oh my god! Okay, so the reason why I was so fucking hyped for Fast Five when it was coming out is because 
I knew they were bringing back characters from other Fast and Furious movies, and one of the characters that they were bringing back was Han. Han is probably my favorite character in this entire series. He should be everyone's favorite character all the time. The man is so fucking suave. And whenever Han isn't in the scene, people should be like, where's Han? And then it should just automatically cut to wherever he is. He is the coolest guy in the fucking room, and he is the coolest guy in this movie. And he fucking knows it. That's the best part. Oh, my God. He's so chill. He's so fucking handsome. I can't get over it. (laughs) If you guys want, we should set up a Patreon and do our first episode, how much we love Han. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, he decides to give Sean the keys to his car. Total bro move. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, I mean... It, it, it when you trust you know, again in guy super uber macho world trusting another man with your car is you know the ultimate sign of trust you're trusting with your dick <laughs> i mean dignity and your dick <laughs> so you know you get into a race and obviously sean doesn't know how to drift and has no idea what he's getting himself into so he just like crashes han's car all the way up it's pretty destroyed at the end of this race. He fucks the fuck out of that car, <laughs> dude. And this one, you know, and before that, you also find out that part of the reason why DK is, you know, respected by everyone and people don't really mess with him is because his uncle is Yakuza, right? Yep. And, um... And, you know, like, uh, he has a lot of clout and he has a lot of power to carry with him among all the little little high school kids. And he kind of lets it get to his head. And he has Nila. Oh, yeah, and that's the sign of power. (laughs) And (laughs) I don't know why this reminds me of, there's an episode of The Simpsons where Homer is like, uh, where Homer's keeping sugar in the front yard. Oh, the woman that made fun of Scarface? Yeah, and they do the Scarface line, and he goes, In America, first you get the sugar, then you get the woman, then you get the power. I don't know why I went off on that. That's because I said power. (laughs) That's literally it. So, you know, they do this cool thing where they got to race all the way around the the parking garage. So they got to race up, right? Yep. So foreshadowing. But uh, so as everyone watches Sean or the guy Jin continuing to fuck his car up. Or fuck Han's car up. Everyone's like, oh, laughing and shit. And they're like running the next floor to watch how he's going to fuck up. They do this stupid goddamn thing that pissed me off to no end. Where there was a bunch of Japanese girls. And then Bow Wow gets in the elevator with them. And he fucking does one of those Millhouse raises his eyebrows. Like, (laughs) and he's just like, what's up? And he's looking right at the cameras. He does it. And it's so fucking stupid because there is nobody there that he would actually be doing that to. It's such a stupid fourth wall break. And I was so furious by it. Well, you know what's funny is that it's it's interesting that we have a rapper playing this role. Or at least at that time a rapper, right? But, <laughs> That's throwing the word rapper around pretty loosely. <laughs> but he, you know, there was another rapper that did this in his, in his uh, most famous movie. And that's... Ice Cube. Ice Cube. Oh, I thought you were gonna say Ludacris. <laughs> too fast, too furious. <laughs> Who 
No, but you know, it's like it, to me. That's what it felt like. It felt like Ice Cube in the Friday movies, where oh. he would they, he would have moments in each one of those movies where he would break the fourth wall and kind of roll his eyes at the at the audience. Yeah, but when fucking Ice Cube does that, it's fucking radical. When Bow Wow <laughs> does it, it's stupid. You know what? Bow Wow was hot at this time. Do do to teenage girls. What? I'm not a teenage girl, so I can't confirm nor deny that. <laughs> but there was a separate scene right after that where they show Han getting into an elevator oh, practically alone. Yeah. And that was fucking awesome. And he was just like eating. Yeah. <laughs> I had no idea what the hell he was even eating, but he was just like, you know, he, he was too cool to care about anything. Yeah, he was eating a snack while looking like a snack. <laughs> so, you know, uh, right after this... Um, Han, you know, uh, Sean goes up to Han and he tells him, you know, sorry for this and all, and all, basically saying that he'll pay him back, right? And and Han was like, yeah, duh, like, <laughs> yeah. is that even a fucking question? <laughs> so you know, the next day after he gets out of school, Han goes to pick uh, Sean up, yeah, and he basically starts, you know, telling him to go into a business and get money from a guy who owed him money. Pretty much it's presumed that Han is also Yakuza, or at least working for the Yakuza. Yeah. So he turns Sean into his... An errand uh, boy. Yeah, to his errand boy, right? Yeah. Just kind of like doing like little you know, little jobs here and there. Getting his hands dirty, because Han is too cool to do that. That's right. You got, you got a fucking goon to do that. That's what the goons are for. <laughs> but you know what really bothers me? Is that before Han or before Sean hooks up with Han and starts doing all these hood shit, like <laughs> they have that scene where, where where Sean goes back home and his dad was like, "Where were you?" And he's like, "Oh, I was doing extracurricular activity." I can't do my southern accent right now. But he's like, "I was doing extracurricular activities because I'm American." Oh, that hurts. But <laughs> and then his dad was like, "If you if I even see you around a car again, I'm gonna send you back home to go to jail." And it's like that. Like his dad says that he's willing to do this, but never at any point does he show any intent of doing this. <laughs> yeah, so, he has a, he, he has such a non relationship with his dad. That there's a point where he just complete like his dad like drops off the movie and you kind of like don't even think about it anymore. Not at like his dad is such a non-factor, just like he is in Sean's life. Oh, oh, throwing shots. <laughs> but you know, like it was just so weird, and it was like, and, and like you can tell his like not only does Sean not think of his dad as any authority figure because not only does he immediately go race after he says that, he also immediately starts working for some criminal enterprise. Yeah. Uh, so, as as his errand boy, one of the first things he does is he starts sending Sean in to go collect money for him. And he goes and he sends him to collect money against, like, one of the biggest motherfuckers I've ever seen. This guy has to be a sumo wrestler, right? He has because to. Because he was big. He looked at least 400 pounds. Yeah. He was a big boy. Yeah, he is huge. And, uh, you know, this is the comedy in this movie where he, like, you show, like, Sean flying out of the house like Fresh Prince style when they're throwing <laughs> DJ Jazzy Jeff out of the house. Get out of here, Jazz! <laughs> and then, then he, you know, goes back in one more time and gets dragged out by the actual sumo guy who then finally throws the money to Han. So, you know, again, he's going to continue doing more jobs for him. They go to see DK at his 
wherever the hell his operation is. is it's like the sp- back of a, a bar. It's like the back of a warehouse or something. Yeah. So, yeah, they're at DK's place, and he, like, immediately Sean and DK start, like, they, they can't be in the same room around each other. They start yeah. arguing. Start there's playing. so much masculine energy when they're around. It's because when you put two alphas in a room, there's not enough alpha to go around. So there's they so go- much <laughs> testosterone in these scenes. I was like, oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> so eventually, like, to defuse the situation, Han sends, uh, he sends Sean outside to go kind of cool his jets, right? Which, you know, Sean goes outside and he calls his dad to tell him that he's not coming home early again because he's still doing extracurricular activities. <laughs> and then right at that moment, he also happens to, by chance, see that Neela is the person who's walking by down the street right by where he was on the phone. So you see, when you're the only non-Japanese people in Tokyo, you just have the sixth sense to know where each other are. <laughs> and, um, you know, so when Neela shows up, he continues to do this thing where he, like, you know, tries to seduce her with his eyes. And uh, he also decides that it's in his best interest. So Sean decides it's, it would be a good idea for him to start to psychoanalyze Neela. And basically talked about, oh, well, let me tell you everything about you. You're probably an army brat who's moved around for a long time. And just kind of goes into this really condescending, like, breakdown of who she is without even really knowing her. Which, like, the most ironic part is he's fucking describing describing himself. himself. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you know, she's visibly disgusted by this. And she tells him, you know, you're... Oh, for one, and you know, basically saying you don't know anything about me, and she's right. He doesn't know anything about her, and I think what's more obnoxious about him is that he. This is several times where he is just too much of a fucking dude, bro, to even begin to think outside of his own problems. And um, again, this is one of those things that would completely turn you against his character. But there is a scene later where he. Tends where he seems to have a moment of understanding. Yeah, he he he's self aware, which is very interesting for a teen movie. You don't really get that toward till towards the end after the teen lead learns like the error of their ways. Mm. But Sean kind of gets that halfway through the movie, which was different. Um, but what ends up happening is that for some reason, Sean moves in with Han. <laughs> Yeah, no, he completely... He, like, leaves his dad. (laughs) Completely at this point, which is fine, because his dad probably secretly hates him and wanted him to be in jail anyway. He's pretty sure that's not even his kid. (laughs) (laughs) I'm pretty sure that he wouldn't ride a horse past several states to visit this father. (laughs) (laughs) You are so fucking proud of yourself. (laughs) You're like, yeah, Flash was great. Remember that other 90s kid? (laughs) So, so it's like Han becomes uh, Yoda to Sean's Luke and starts teaching him the ways of the Force. Well, even more aware than that, he basically becomes Miyagi to his Daniel son. To the point where even when he's teaching him how to drift, he's telling him, there's no wax on, wax off to this. Which I thought was great. Again, this movie is actually very smart. It pokes fun at itself. And it's like, hey... We know you guys are probably going to draw these parallels. Well, we're going to fucking beat you to it. Which even one of the issues that I have with even the current 
Fast and Furious movies is they're so corny. And it's just, they they try to be way too cool about it. With this movie, again, it is more self-aware, and they're not afraid to make fun of the characters in the movie. Mm-hmm. So, as he learns, uh, or as Sean's learning uh, how, to, how to drift, uh, Han's just giving him cars. Yeah. Like, first he gave him the, he gave him the car in the, in the beginning for the race. I think it was like a... I mean, I I, I'm not even going to get into what kind of cars you are. I don't, don't want to get into it. I'm pretty sure. Oh, and it wasn't Nissan. I was going to say the Skyline, but it's actually the Sylvia. Because he does mention having a Skyline later. But, but, he, ends but up... he also is pretty clear to him that he's got money. Right? Oh, yeah, he like, he goes, money up. I got. And what he's more interested in is loyalty. Which is very, <sighs> if you're talking about Fast and Furious... This is very... Uh, it's a huge theme, and it's a huge... Well, that, theme. and it feels that this is the kind of moment that harkens back to the first one, where Han is actually in the Vin Diesel role, mm-hmm. and, you know, Lucas Black is obviously still the stand-in for Paul Walker in this mm-hmm. series. And he's like, family, so you got... <laughs> Essentially, without saying it in those exact words. And then he looked right at Neela and was like, if you break your heart, I'll break your neck. <laughs> Probably, I don't know. Wouldn't it be awesome if, like, throughout one of like the lines in this movie, he would just look at someone and say, "I am Groot." Imagine <laughs> <laughs> that's how the movie ended. <laughs> so you were friends with Han. I am Groot. <laughs> just, just drive away. <laughs> oh god. So yeah, this movie he's not afraid to point itself, or you know, point uh, fun at itself. You know, things we're learning about Han is he has money, he has a shit ton of cars, and he trusts very few people, and one of those is Sean for some reason. He just, you know, he like, oh, well, we find out the reason, and it's because Sean isn't afraid of uh, DK, or Takashi, as we later learn he actually has a name. <laughs> yeah. But he's, he's the only person at that school that is not afraid of Takashi and is willing to stand up to him. And one of his friends happens to be in a scene following this is beating up um, Twinkie, right? Morimoto. That's uh, Takashi's like best friend. He's beating the fuck out of Twinkie and like on the on the roof, which apparently I don't know much about Japanese culture, but that's like where shit goes down. And I'm basing this on nothing but anime <laughs> and movies. But it's like when high school kids are about to fight, they go up to the fucking roof and start beating the shit out of each other, wailing each other. And I was always thinking, like, one of these days a kid's gonna get thrown off that roof, right? <laughs> so, Sean, you know, gets in the... Well, it's because this city, a lot of neat shit is on the roof, right? Because they even have a soccer, like, field that's yeah. on the roof of a building that it's awesome. I, uh, me and Javi were talking about, wow, it's so awesome that Bow Wow is teaching us all this about Japan. <laughs> like, the fact that Bow Wow plays soccer in Japan. <laughs> I know, and he actually didn't look half bad, you know? <laughs> but yeah, like, you know, the, they have this rooftop fight scene. Well, not even a fight scene, really, because uh, Sean immediately goes in, defuses the situation, because I guess Morimoto uh, bought an iPod, and he broke it. So yeah. then Sean was just like, here, have mine. Well, yeah, because, you know, Twinkie is a salesman who, you know, sells it. The black kid I think you're that t- can get anything and then sell it at discount prices. It, he, he definitely, his inventory is stuff that I would take a risk spending all that money on because it could be cheap, right? <laughs> like... Like even the one thing that that uh, that was a value of him to him was the steering wheel, 
And then when <clears throat> and then uh, when Sean asks about it, he's like, no, no, no. He's like, I paid retail for that. Yeah. <laughs> it's not my shitty products that I sell to other people. So he's a kid that uh-huh. knows how to get stuff. Yeah. Um, and then it, it's interesting because Twinkie gets mad at him because he gives him... He gives him his uh, iPod. Which lasts all of several minutes because oh, yeah. like, it's it not doesn't that big strain a, their relationship at all. It's not that big of a deal. He just like says it kind of like, man, now everyone's going to expect refunds. But then at this point, too, it's also causing Neela to like him even more. Mm-hmm. And this is the scene where he actually goes up to her and he apologizes for basically <laughs> dressing her down with his opinion. Yeah. And uh, where he, you know, he, he basically admits... That it wasn't, that it was ignorant of him to do that. And that's the part of it where you're like, you know, like, this is the thing that a lot of dude bros or just men in general don't understand about. And this is where I'll get a little serious. This is going to get preachy. Um, but I think a lot of men don't really understand that it's part of what you want to be doing is not just, you know, guys don't all have to be feminists, right? It would be nice if more were. But the the point is, you don't have to, like, you'll never not be ignorant, but at least recognize when you do things wrong, mm-hmm. right? And, like, kind of have an understanding of it. And I think one of the things that makes his character at least redeemable in this sense is that he has an understanding of what he did wrong. Yep. You don't have to not be a shit person. Just be aware of when you're shitty. Exactly. <laughs> like, that. That's and that's kind of what Sean does. Man, this teen movie has so many great lessons for life. Yeah. Like, <laughs> drifting is king. <laughs> so, he ends up... I mean, it does it, though, because even though Neela's with Takashi, he still ends up asking her out, and she's like, yeah, let's go. Yeah, yeah. But they go on this date where she actually takes him uh, drifting, through, drifting through the mountain. Yeah. And, you know, while they're talking, she, you know, they actually have a very, like, close heart-to-heart where Neela explains that when her mom passed away, the only person that could take her in was Takashi's grandmother. And that's where their relationship developed from. And that she, like, she's more with him out of a sense of, like, I don't know, like, uh, appreciation for his family and what they did for her, but it's not really out of love. It's not definitely not because... Uh, and DK obviously him. doesn't love her because oh, no, he's like got plenty of ladies that are around him at all times. Yeah, because all she is is like a symbol of status. Again, the women in this movie are trophies. Yep. And then when she stands up for herself and breaks up with DK, DK says, Oh, it's, it seems like you forgot your place. I know mine. Do you know yours? Blah, blah, blah. Right? So, after they go on their date, the next day, Neela decides she's going to move in with Han and with uh, Sean. Um, and also, Takashi finds out about uh, about their date, so he goes and he confronts Sean and beats the ever-loving shit out of him in front of Han and all his friends. Which I was like, Han, how come you didn't step in, bro? That was very not, that wasn't really cool of you, bro. That was a very cash money of you, Han. <laughs> So after DK attacks Sean and friends, Sean's like, it's time to get serious. So he starts, like, drifting but for real this time. And he ends up challenging, uh, what's his name, Morimoto? And ends up beating him. And he starts gaining a little bit of clout. And people start, like, really, 
really giving him a lot of uh, giving a lot of props for being such a good racer, right? At the same time, DK's uncle Kamata, Kam- Kamata, I think. Uh, he starts coming back into town and starts dropping knowledge on 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 DK about something about a horse. Well, basically just saying that Han is uh, taking money out of the operation. Like, he's he's getting That's what himself... you got away from that? No, no, no. He was... Before he goes into that bizarre, like, story that he yeah. does... Yeah. He actually is very clear to DK that Han is taking money from them. Oh, okay. I must have checked out. So, that, that, is, that is the reason why DK does what he does next. Oh, okay. When he confronts him. So, yeah. Uh, DK and, and company and his, his goons end up confronting Han and his goons... And, you know, this leads to this chase through Tokyo. Well, before that, DK pulls a gun on Oh, yeah. Shit. Which, I don't know if you guys know this, but it's, like, super not cool to have a gun in Japan. Like, like, it's very not cash money of people to do that. Well, especially if DK is actually in high school with these guys. Like, they're all supposed to be. Is he in high school with them? Yeah. He goes to high school with them. Yeah, high school student? Well, no, we're in America. Unfortunately, high school students with guns. <laughs> oh! uh, let's move on. Too real, too real. Too, 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 too. But yeah, like, well, not only that, it's just the fact that, you know, like, you know, Japan doesn't have a standing army and they definitely don't have guns. So it's like right away, one of the things that if someone has a gun in Japan, they are automatically uh, tied to the Yakuza. Yeah. Like, that's kind of like a cultural thing. So, at this point, like, you know, that's kind of solidifies the fact that, wow, this guy's fucking evil. So, I think it was Bow Wow, yeah, Twinkie, right? He ends up, uh, sma- he ends up smashing one of the garage doors down on uh, one of the bad guy's cars, which causes a distraction for Han to be able to knock the gun away from, uh, DK's hand. And we have a car chase. And then we go right into the sick-ass car chase. Love it. Love it. I love the car scenes in this movie. They have great setup and storyline. So, yeah, I mean, uh, it, it's just a sick-ass car chase. You see a whole lot of cool things. They have that really cool moment where the people are going cro- in the crosswalk. Yes. And then and they, they all split. And then you see the slow-motion cars all drift in the crowd. Oh, God. I love it. It's such a cool but fucking corny ass scene i love it i love this movie it's so fucking cringe and corny and but like it fits because it fits with everything else in this cringy ass corny ass movie and you know of you know there's this catamic like terrible cataclysmic crash um where where sean and neela get taken out and then you know a bunch of people you know like people getting t-boned and Han's car like flips over on the roof and Han is stuck there and you know like like there's and like fuel leaking and shit and eventually the car, his car blows up and Han dies in the in the fire and there goes the coolest character in the entire fucking movie and if you if I watch this in theaters I'd be pretty pissed I'd be pretty pissed Except if the character died. By this point, I like Sean as a character. You fucking would. <laughs> you fucking hated him at the beginning, too. Yeah. yeah. Again, you're talking about a character that goes on a full journey and 
comes in like out forty-five and... minutes. Doesn't matter. Doesn't again. Very <laughs> very TV movie. He learns his lesson, and now he's ready to take everything that he's learned and apply it to his life. Nah. And the way he does this is he incorporates all the wonderful Japanese racing that stuff that he's learned from Han, and he mixes it together. With the classic Fast and Furious American muscle car. Yeah, because his dad was like, I have a Mustang shell. And then Sean was like, can I have it? And Well, I think this is kind of foreshadowing because this is a throwback to Vin Diesel in the original movie where muscle cars were his thing. Yeah. And after Too Fast, Too Furious, where you had an entire movie that didn't really revolve around those kind of cars. It was like tuners and sports cars. Exactly. Yeah. So and this... now you have a car that's like, you know, and I mean, that's an interesting thing, right? Well, I don't, I don't want to get too out of myself, but eventually Sean ends up going to confront uh, Uncle Yakuza. Yeah, DK's Kamada. uncle. I don't, whatever. Anyway, he goes, DK's to, uncle. he goes to confront DK's uncle and he's like, hey, me and your son are, I mean, me and your nephew are both dickheads and I want to apologize, but for everything I've cost you, let me wipe my debt clean with a race. Let us settle our shit with a race. And everyone be cool. And we forget this ever happened. Which, imagine if every Fast and Furious movie was this simple. And, and it just comes down to a race And at the gave end of you all the setup you needed to a race. Because people call these racing movies. They're not racing movies. Well, not after four. Fast and, like. Yeah, Fast and Furious are not racing movies. The original ones are just... It's, a, it, it's just like, you know, again... They're different genres of movies that just involve cars, and this one, I feel, is more true to form to what people say this franchise is about. I, I can see that. So, eventually, they, well, um, Uncle Yamada, I think, can, I forgot what the fuck I kept calling You're him. You're gonna keep calling him by his character I'm name. I'm gonna call him Sonny Chiba, because that's who he really is. Well, Fucking he is, yeah. My boy! <laughs> but, um, yeah, so Uncle Yakuza was like, alright, that's fine. And, uh, and they have the added stipulation that uh, loser leaves town. Man, who who the fuck is booking this show? <laughs> so loser has to leave town. So the, the problem is Sean doesn't have a car, right? And you know the only car they have left is the Nissan that Han let him drive in the beginning, which the entire body's fucked, but you know the 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 motor and you know everything works. And then his dad has the shell of a Mustang. That has no, you know, has no guts. It has nothing, right? Doesn't have an engine, doesn't have transmission, doesn't have anything. So, what if you were to combine both of them? It's a Frankenstein monster creation of a car. Because it looks like an American muscle car. But it's got all the insides of a car that exists in this Tokyo Drift universe. So we, again, me and Angel are going to show how unmanly we are. <laughs> and we're, from now on, we'll call the insides of car, car guts. Okay. <laughs> All the car organs. But yeah, you know, it's really cool because, like, he has a Nismo motor, like, you know, like, which is a fucking performance vehicle motor and it's put inside of a Mustang. You're like, it's cool. It, it it sounds like a weird Mustang, though, because, you know, you're used to the roar of an engine of a V8, and you're not getting that. <laughs> so, but, you know, it's a cool way to marry his both styles. So, we get this 
finally leads up to the big race and they go to this the the top of the mountain and winners first one down the mountain right and it was weird like you said it feels like they're live streaming the entire race on their flip phones oh yeah no this is again if you're really paying attention to the chronology of this series this is supposed to take place after fast five yeah which came out you know five years after this movie came out yeah so it's like again people were streaming in 2011 Mm -hmm. so you kind of have to think that this is taking place Sometime in the 2010s. Well, you know, that, that's the weird thing is that because of, like, again, because of Japanese culture, you, it, this movie can take place in a weird timeless time because flip people in Japan use flip phones right now, and, and like, by choice, and that's because the internet's so fucking good that they can connect their, like, laptop anywhere, really, you know, like, especially with, in, a, in a country where, like, cyber cafes are so readily accessible. So it's like they don't need smartphones as much. They're not as commonplace as over here. So because of that fact, this movie can take place in 2003. It can take place in fucking 2015, you know? Like, there's a huge gap in when this movie can be happening. Um, as long as you ignore Bow Wow's wardrobe. Yeah, as long as you ignore <laughs> Bow Wow's wardrobe and he, even some of his pop culture references. Yeah. So they end up having this race, which I'm convinced there's got to be some references to Initial D. Shout out to all my Initial D fans. Angel, you won't get that because you're a fucking normie that doesn't watch anime. <laughs> so they end up having this sick-ass race where, you know, now the now the, the, the tables have turned, motherfucker. Now suddenly, you know, Sean is the one that's kicking DK's ass all the way down the mountain. D, it's like every time DK crashes or misses a turn or something, he gets like more and more insane yeah (laughs) and becomes more and more murderous and kind of like i'm convinced it's a callback to the first race there's this part where sean goes off road so that he can come roaring back in on road oh from the housing development yeah from the housing development where he comes back on, on onto the road scares the shit out of dk DK ends up losing control and, like, starts rolling down the side of the mountain. Yes. And he ends up landing on the last leg of the race, you know, on the roof of his car. Sean is able to blow past him and wins the race. So, you know, they they have this moment where everyone's celebrating, but, you know, there's fucking weird stillness in the air because Uncle Yakuza comes up and dripped in swaggoo. His fucking outfit looked baller as shit. I want an outfit like that. Get me an outfit like that. <laughs> Why the fuck would I buy you an outfit like that? And then, after this, Sean gets the girl, finally. Mm-hmm. And, did you notice what they call him in the next scene after this? Gaijin. No. Oh. They call him the Drift King. Oh, he's the new He's guy. the DK now. He's the new Dairy King. <laughs> and, you know, this wouldn't be... This, okay... What we're about to discuss next is what everybody talked about this movie coming out of the movie. Yeah, this is when everyone lost their fucking shit. If this was movie. a movie that came out this year, it would be like the Marvel Universe mid credit scene in the movie. Yeah. Now, it, yeah. This would be the equivalent of like, you know, because Endgame's coming out, right? It's going to be the equivalent that right after they beat Thanos, like one of the fucking, like... 
Infinity Gems like lights up and a portal opens up and fucking Deadpool flies down <laughs> and starts like fighting the Avengers or some shit and it just cuts to black. Right, like this movie has been so separated from every other Fast and Furious movie that you could think, at least up until this point before Fast Five, that it takes place in its very own universe, yep. right? Like it has nothing to do with any of the other Fast and the Furious movies. I think what's great about it and what does make it a proper fun, the Fast and the Furious movie now is the fact that at the end of this movie, you know, there's a guy who wants to race the Drift King, and uh, when Sean is not interested in racing, that's when Twinkie tells him that this person said he knew Han. <gasps> to which he finally agrees to do it, and he pulls up right next to another American muscle car. It's like an Impala, I think? I don't know. I don't know what uh, Vin Diesel drives, but... But he goes up, and of course it's Vin Diesel's character, Dom, who mm. is behind the wheel of the car, <laughs> and in, in the most Dom way possible, he talks about how he, you know, how he was friends with Han, and even Sean is confused by the fact that he was into muscle cars at one point, because everything he knows now is very different. Yeah, everything's been a tuner up until now, you know? But, you know, but I think this is the moment that really does bring Dom and Han's characters together and where you can really understand how they were probably, you know, the, the next thing you wonder is, God, I wonder how they were friends. And I'm so glad that a movie exists that showed us how that happened. And then it gives you that, oh, God. And then the, the problem is that... And it's not this movie's fault. I don't want people to think I'm dogging Tokyo Drift for this. But it pisses me off to think that one of the fucking hardest, like, left turns and probably fucking retcons I've ever seen in a movie was, I think it's like Fast Five, is it? Where they introduce, like, where they have Jason Statham's character? They don't introduce that until Seven. Is it seven? Though? Seven is where they retcon. So seven is the hard fucking retcon where it turns out Han didn't actually die in that race. He was actually killed by Jason Statham's character. And but he dies in the same way where someone like T-bones his car, it goes flipping, then explodes. And it's like you motherfuckers. <laughs> like what? <laughs> Like, you can pull that shit off if you're pulling a, if you're doing a movie, like, if there's, like, movies that are, like, ten years apart, right? But it's like, dude, this well, movie... movies are ten years apart. Seven to three? No. Seven was, like, 2017, right? No, it wasn't. Yes, it was. That was, like, 2013. No. I'm, I'm fucking look this shit up, you fuck. Oh, you're gonna look so fucking stupid right now. No, you're gonna look so fucking stupid. When Fast and the Furious 7 came out in... Hold on, Fast and... Wait, when did you say it came out? 2017. <laughs> Suck my dick! came out 2015. That's still very That's recent. nine years. Shut up. I'm right, you're wrong. Yeah, you were talking about ten years. That's yeah. only one less year. Not, yeah, but I'm still... It's oh cool. my god, that I'm, one less year makes so much of a fucking I'm difference. I'm more right than you. Oh my god. Suck my DMBs. Oh my god. Anyway... Awesome. So, I think, uh, you know, that's the movie. That's Tokyo Drift. And the only question to ask, Angel, do you like this movie? I fucking love this movie. Now, I want everyone to know Angel looked me right in the eyes as he said that, so that's <laughs> how you know it's real. 
It is, in hindsight now, one of the best movies in this franchise. It is, to me, the second best movie in this franchise. I will never explain to you why Too Fast, Too Furious is my favorite. We should review it one day so that we can have people disagree with us even more. And they can see how fucking wrong they are. (laughs) (laughs) But I just fucking love this movie. I cared a lot about the characters. It went in a direction that is much more my flavor in terms of movies that I like to watch. Mm -hmm. Which is the teen movie genre. I just like those movies. Um, And it just provides a character, a main character, who actually experiences a change in his life. From the beginning to the end. It's stupid, and again, it's very TV movie-like, but this movie hits every sweet spot I wanted to hit, and Put I'm it in my very veins. glad that we reviewed it. Okay. <laughs> so, I'm... Uh, I don't hate this movie, and I'm not dogging it as hard as... After watching it again. And even though I dogged it really hard uh, this week on the socials, um, it's not as bad as I remember it, but it's also not nearly as good as I think people give it credit to be. So I still don't like this movie. I just don't hate it. It's cool. And it's not We're that... all wrong sometimes. I mean... <laughs> I fucking hate you so much. So it's not that I... Like, it's just not my cup of tea. Like, honestly, I think that's what it boils down to, is that I'm sure this... Oh, you look so indignant right now. <laughs> like, I'm, there's enough people... This is a niche movie. And I think if it hits your gym, if it hits your Jimmy Jam, you're going to love it, whether it's the cars, whether it's the racing, whether it's the, the teen movie, whether it's... But, you know, it's it, it's... There is enough to keep me interested in watching it, but it's not a movie that I'm going to go and want to learn more about. The only thing I was interested in learning more about after this movie is if Nas was real or not. And I don't, oh. I don't mean Nasir the rapper. I mean like actually like nitrous oxide. Yeah, I think one of the best things that we did while we were watching this movie is we decided to look on the internet to find out if Nas was an actual thing. And think, <laughs> I think the thing that the mistake that I made was instead of searching on Google, I ended up searching for it on Reddit. <laughs> and then you know, Reddit gave me a multitude of answers. One of them was a guy talking about you know uh, the fact that it is possible to do, but it's also very dangerous, like to the point where it could even explode the engine in your car um, in certain situations. But one of the things that I thought was hilarious is that. You know, the comment after that was then, if I shove it in my ass, can I run really fast? (laughs) I fucking hate Reddit sometimes. (laughs) But yes, we can confirm, apparently Nas is an actual thing. It's Fucking look it up, guys. It's real. Stay woke, young kings. And they actually do use it in a scene in the first drift uh, race that, uh, (laughs) that is taking place. You know, uh, that is where uh, they use it. (laughs) And they can feel it in their balls. (laughs) It's funny because right after you said that, you scream that out in my living room. You just look at Lucas Black's face and he looks super excited. (laughs) So, the thing is, if you guys ever have the misfortune of watching a movie with Angel and I, we tend to narrate 
if we like will say things that comes to our mind and during that first Nas scene in this movie I just happened to scream out I feel it in my balls <laughs> and it, it tickled Angel pretty hard not as hard as it tickled Sean in the balls oh yeah he got it in the balls <laughs> but honestly like yeah this movie although I don't like it there's definitely a lot to like there for some people definitely I mean it's worth checking out I wouldn't say go out and buy it like me personally, I'm n- probably not gonna. Touch well, it's this on movie. Netflix right now, so I would say if you've got nothing. So to do, super, don't buy it. Yeah. So if you got nothing to do, just fucking watch it. It's you know there. If you have a Netflix subscription, it's already there for you to watch it anyway. Yeah, I mean it's not. I mean it's not a terrible movie. It's not a good movie. It's it's a movie. It's you got fucking spare two hours, like you know, especially guys, you fucking dude bros. Your fucking ladies taking too long to get ready for a party or some shit. Because you know women, that's how they do. They take forever getting ready because their hair and their makeup is shit. Just fucking put on the, the Tokyo Drift. It's fucking cool. And it's for dude bros. Like you and me. What the fuck kind of accent was that? I'm fucking Bobby Bottle Service. Uh, fucking Nick Kroll. Thanks oh. Thanks for joining us oh, for this you. episode. <laughs> I'd like to thank everybody for joining us uh, for another episode of the show. God, I have to really thank our audience for uh, for the last episode that we released, which was our Us review. Um, it's gotten awesome download numbers compared to, you know, what we normally get. Um, I definitely feel like the audience for the show is growing, and I'd like to thank all of our regular listeners for continuing to support the show. Um, I'd like to continue asking anyone who's listening to the show for the first time, or, you know, if this is your first few episodes of the show that you're hearing... Uh, please, please, please leave us a review on iTunes. Um, you know, give us a re- give us the the star review and also write a review for us if possible on iTunes. Um, download us on whatever platform of choice you have, and continue to interact with us on Instagram. That is really where all of our uh, you know our social media interaction is at. That's where we're probably most active. Um, but yeah, please check us out. Podbean, if you got it, if that's too much of a hassle, remember we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, we're on iTunes. Uh, Keep streaming, keep listening, keep leaving reviews, keep suggesting shit. You know, this summer is going to be crazy. There's a lot of movies. This summer going into the fall, there's a lot of movies Angel and I are looking forward to. You know, we got Pet Cemetery coming out, we got Endgame coming out. And, and besides the movies that we're reviewing... Uh, I am also going to be reviewing episodes of the new Twilight Zone series that has come out. I am a gigantic fan of the show. I'm super excited that a new season is finally coming out and that it's done by Jordan Peele, who did last week's, who was the director of last week's movie. Jordan Peele is the host. He is the executive producer of this series. And um, based on the two first episodes that were released this week, I'm, I think this show's already off to a really hot start. Um, I will be releasing some mini-reviews of the episodes that were released this week. Please come and uh, listen to my mini-reviews on that. Just remember, those aren't canon. Those are like Han's death in Tokyo Drift. They mean nothing, because we're going to retcon that with me being there the entire time. <laughs> but yeah, please check those out. Angel's really passionate about fucking nerdy shit like Twilight Zone. But honestly, like, they're, you know, fucking Us was amazing. And if Jordan Peele has anything to do with Twilight Zone, I'm sure it's going to be just as good. So check out his ideas. Uh, like we said, continue leaving us suggestions. If you guys know there's some good movies coming out that maybe we're not paying attention to, uh, please let us know down on the social medias. And yeah, thanks for supporting.
Uh, until next time, uh, I'm Angel. And I'm Javi. Later, turds!